Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. For the third time in four years, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're going to play in the Eastern Conference Final. They got there by beating the Bruins in game five, three to one. They take that series four games to one. We're going to break down this series and look ahead to the Lightning's matchup with either the Caps or the Penguins. And the Tampa Bay Rays, well, they do what they've done most of any team in the majors of late. They lose another one-run game, and this time it was lost on the bases and an Alex Colomay wild pitch. All that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Burstick. Before we get started on this podcast, I want to welcome back our sponsor, Continental Wholesale Diamonds. You know... Mother's Day is Sunday, folks. That's right. I'm going to save you right here. Show mom just how special she is this Mother's Day. Go see my friend Annie at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. He's here to make Mother's Day a day she will always remember. Let Annie and his staff, they're going to pick out that special gift. And if you spend over $2,000, get this, Annie's going to include a free cruise. That's right. A free cruise for five days, four nights for two. Your choice of cruise lines. Just go see Andy. For more details. Now, don't walk around the jewelry stores and the shopping malls for Mother's Day. They've got the big overhead, and that means a higher price for you. So, if you're looking for that perfect Mother's Day gift, go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. That's where you're paying wholesale. He's got the best deals, and there's no pressure. Remember, when you come in, make sure to ask for Andy. He's going to pour you a nice scotch, going to teach you about the four seeded diamonds, and he's going to match that perfect diamond with your loved one. It's Continental Wholesale Diamonds. It's where I shop, and they're at 1715. Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150. That's right next to the Penthouse Club. Well, Steve, we'll get to why uh, our columnist at the Tampa Bay Times, Tom Jones, is eating a little crow and just how Twitter is where stupidity has come to live with these trolls. Goodness gracious. Tom was Tom was getting a little bit of it uh, after that game on Sunday. Well, and he deserves uh, it. Oh, some of it, absolutely. And he admitted it. I think the first lines of his story was, look, I was wrong. A little background we'll get into more later, but basically, you know, before the series, Tom had, had written a column that, uh, you know, that the Lightning had finally met their match, that, that they probably most likely weren't going to get past the Bruins, and he didn't. He thought that was it, that the Bruins would win in six. And, you know, he was wrong. But at the end of the day, I mean, which one of those eight wins all time did, did uh, were, was everybody else fond of that – Tampa Bay had gotten in Boston in like their entire franchise history. So, well, and for those who picked the Lightning, how many picked them in five? Very. I mean, few. I mean really, in this series, how many people were predicting this series to go less than six games? Yeah, no, is I, I would and, bet and that, and for the Lightning to win four in a row. Exactly, especially how many of them thought that Tom Jones was wrong after the six to two loss in Game One, um, and actually Tom came out after Game One and could have said, "Ah, eh, see, I told you." Instead, he said, you know what, uh, it, it, don't be deceived by the score. You know, the Lightning, Lightning are right in this thing. They, they, I know the score's lopsided and whatnot, but um, they found some things out. But in any event, um, it was a, a surprisingly dominant series after game one by the Lightning. Um, let's go back, though, uh, to Friday night. And, you know, even though this series ended up in five games, this is great for the Lightning, 
they'll probably get a few days off as the uh, the Caps and um, the Penguins uh, try to decide their series, which could go six or or could go seven games. I yeah, guess Game Six will be tonight. Washington has a three-two series lead. Game Six is in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So, but all bets uh, are that series goes seven. It probably. Goes I don't seven. see Pittsburgh losing Game Six at home. So that Wednesday night right. would be Game Seven at Washington. All bets off. Take your pick. Which Triple one you, overtime. Which one do you think? That would be fantastic. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that's what the Lightning are hoping for. Um, but in any event, so, you know, you go back to Friday night, and this was a, obviously a very pivotal game. The Lightning playing with house money a little bit. They had they had won the first game in Boston and, you know, had a 2-1 lead in that series. But they go up 2 to nothing on Friday, and then, and then they blow that lead. And, in fact, after a shorthanded goal, they're trailing 3-2. to two. And it was the captain, Steven Stamkos, who we've talked about and everybody had written about, you know, his lack of production a little bit in this series, who provided maybe certainly the biggest goal in this series to send it to overtime where the Lightning win in OT. Uh, but maybe what, what we may look back upon as one of the bigger goals in Lightning history, don't you think? There was talk today in the press box, that, you know, and I think, you know, Tom Jones actually brought this up. Is that the best goal in Stamkos' career or the biggest I should say no, for what it meant I, I think the biggest I goal in his career can you think of a bigger one in his career I cannot that basically set up the overtime winner that allowed you to get to overtime so that the Lightning could win and take both games in Boston where they've won eight mm-hmm. games in their history to take both of those in Boston because Stamkos scores that goal and he drilled that thing yeah no it was a, it was a one time it was a laser and there was some controversy as to whether I guess Kucherov was uh, you know, holding or mugging somebody before uh, before the pass. I think if it was the regular season, they probably call that. Yeah, they probably do. They let it go, and of course, and, the and, and he fell pretty. It. He, I mean, I think it probably was a penalty. It was a probably a more of a ticky tack one, but he fell pretty easy, and I think that's why the officials said, "Nah." I mean, you know, he was falling and and fell down pretty easy. I mean, that's in the playoffs. They usually don't let those those go. I mean, they usually yeah. let those go. They don't. They're not going to call it when you fall that easy. To your point, I think it is the biggest goal that Stamkos has probably scored because just imagine if he does not. Imagine if they lose three to two. This is a totally different deal. I mean, you're coming home um, two two, and sure you're back on serve, but no one has broken serve. Uh, really, you've each broken serve in the other other one's ice, but uh, essentially it's a best you know it's a best of three, I well, guess at that point. But not only that too. So you're game four in Boston. You have a two one series lead. You take a 2 nothing lead into the first intermission. And blow it. And then you give up two power play goals in the second and then give up a shorthanded mm. a goal short-handed to start the third. Goal. The way you lose that game. Oh, and devastating. Not, not giving up a, an even-strength goal, which now right. after they win game five, three straight games of not giving up an even-strength goal. That's incredible. <clears throat> That's the stat that makes no sense to me because um, it, it really – I mean, there are two things that we can say about this series now that it's over. And that is that the Bruins got completely outplayed when they were f- full strength. I mean, the Lightning, like you mentioned, three games without giving up a goal. They had no answer that, for the Lightning that was speed. Possible. No answer to, for their speed at all. Nope. Nope. They and, had one line that could do anything. Right. But you're going up against the point line. And the rest of the team, I mean, Boston's faster than they've been in the past. And they're a pretty young team, too. People don't realize. I mean, they're, you know, the core of Bergeron and Marchand and Shara. You know, they're older, but they have a very young team, but they're not nearly as fast as the Lightning. No. And the other the other takeaway would be that after game one, 
you know, I mean, that Braden Point, Andre Palat, Cedric Paquette, well, Braden Point was a, was a minus five, and then early in game two, you gave him another, they gave another goal with him on the ice, and so he was minus six, actually, to start this series. Um, and the way they battled back and shut down that line, and then the way Boston had no answer for them, I mean, that's that's essentially the series. The fact that, you know, five on five, Lightning were just better, and the way the Braden Point line just completely you know, took over the series. I mean, I, I think point was, and, and, and John Cooper talked about this after the game. He said that uh, he really believed that Braden point was the best player in the series. I don't think there's any question about it. And there was a lot of players for the lightning that played well, but not only the Braden point. So he's, he, he finishes the devil series minus two mm-hmm. game. One of this series, he's minus five early in game two. He's now minus six for the series, minus eight for the playoffs. He's now even for the playoffs. That's he went the rest of the series plus eight. That that, that line this is a, that line did a phenomenal job. This is a young guy that at what is he twenty one? Uh, he's twenty two or twenty three, I believe. Okay, so he's, so he's still a young player who who's confident. Second year in the know, league. Second year in the league. Yeah, your confidence in that stage on that stage to have that happen to you. You know, not only do you come back, but you dominate. I mean, you absolutely dominate this series. And, uh, you know, and of course, you know, he gets gets the first goal, you know, again on uh, on Sunday, which was huge. Of course, they fall behind they fall behind one to nothing because another power play. Well, on a five on three. Now, they didn't score on the five on three, but it was they were still buzzing from that five on three. It became a five on Mm -hmm. four at that point when they scored the power play goal. Right. So, you know, you're thinking, well, here they are again. Um, another power play goal for Boston. That's the only way they can score, but it's just one nothing. And you know, um, in the second period, which was their best period by far, you know, point gets the equalizer. And you know, from then on, the building is back into it. I mean, I was at the game, Steve. I know you were there producing, and you know, everybody's kind of nervous. I mean, it felt like a nervous crowd to me. You know, just trying to read the sort it, of. The, it kind the, of felt the like the Lightning were a little nervous in the first period. They, yeah, they, they were tentative. Bit. They were uh, maybe nervous isn't the right word. They, they seemed a little more slow. tentative. Yeah, they were like holding back, not really going after. Not the physicality picked up in the second period. I mean, they started hitting people, and that always got them going. You know, when they started when they started blasting folks, and uh, and then the crowd they got the crowd back into it. And I think I think at that point, whether the, the crowd was playing off the team or vice versa, once that crowd came to life and they came to life. Um, they just played. They just played great. I thought they played the the best period I've seen them play in the second period, and um, you know. So I think the biggest surprise that that most people have, and I was watching um, some of the guys on uh, NBC Sports Network after the game at home, and you know they're talking about how you know you think about Tampa Bay coming into this, and you know a fast skating team, a high scoring team, they come at you in waves. Other than you know, the goaltender is outstanding, and other than that, though, not not necessarily thought of as a lockdown defensive team. Well, Cooper's Cooper's Rest- talked about that this year that that the Lightning get kind of people because they skate fast and because of the way right. they play, they're considered a run and gun team that can't play defense. Right, and that's not true. I mean, look at their playoff runs in the past. Look at you right. know, in, in the first half of the year they were playing they were great defensively they kind of got into a lapse the second half and we can talk about why that is whether they got bored or just not motivated or 
a lot of road trips and no practice. I mean, there's you know all kinds of storylines as to why that happens. But they and they get, added to their defense. They added to their defense as well with mm-hmm. McDonough and those guys. Well, and even even adding J T. Miller adds to their defense. Right. I mean, he's sure he's really good at forechecking and keeping you know puck possession, Absolutely. which is what the yep. you know the, the Lightning. You know, they've tried to play better. De- I mean, they have good defender Hedman, Strawman, McDonough. You know, and Girardi. As long as you can limit his minutes, is very good. But their best defense is the puck possession. And yes. the forechecking in that. And when their forwards yes. are engaged in that, which this the whole playoffs they have, all 10 games of the playoffs, they've been very good at it. And the turnovers are gone. You know, mm-hmm. they, they they cut down on the turnovers, which was something that they were doing, the long passes, you know, all the um, – they're not making mistakes. They are not making mistakes. And uh, they're making it very difficult, and they did for the Bruins, to, uh, you know, to really have the puck very much um, and getting it out of there successfully when they do get it. So – uh, it's been it's been clinical almost, and you know with the lead, the third period. I mean, you know, I, I will say this: Vasilevsky made some unbelievable saves down the. St- I mean, he did. He you know, great. it was weird. I look I looked up in the third period, and both teams had sixteen shots, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, when do you see this, right? Uh, and then, but then Vasilevsky, great down the stretch, he had to be big, and he was big. He made some huge saves down the stretch. Uh, one on Bergeron, a couple on Pasternak. McAvoy had another, you know, he had a big save on McAvoy. Right. And I thought Tuka Rask was really good all series, too. He was, yeah. Uh, I mean, they know, he was he they, was heavily criticized for the Toronto series and the way he played, and there was even talk yes. of, of replacing him. But I thought, I mean, you know, tell me which goals that Rask gave up that he shouldn't have. There wasn't yeah, many. I don't think there were. I don't think there were any or many. But they, he certainly. I mean, that could that game could have gotten out of hand. You know, the Lightning could have had four or five goals easy, and Tuscarawas made some great staves. So um, it was. It was, look. It was a great atmosphere. I think you know to win both series in five games is huge because now you're looking at more rest potentially. Um, that is, that's very that's, huge, and that's going to be uh, that, that's going to you know you think it's going to start paying off even more. That you know, every other team's going six, seven games in all their series. You know, usually you don't see a team get two games, two series of five games or under. That doesn't happen right. very often. So that's a big advantage to the Lightning going forward. I thought after the game, um, and we'll let you hear from John Cooper. You know, he, the whole Boston thing. You know, all year long the Lightning, and they finished with the best record in the East, and that's why they got home ice, right? But it was nip and tuck down the stretch, obviously with Boston, and they needed a little bit of help, and they got it. Um, and they did beat Boston themselves, though, uh, the one, the last time they played them. And I thought that was the, you know, that was big for their confidence. But what Cooper talked about is, you know, even though th- they were humming and, you know, playing better at the, maybe in the middle of the year, the beginning of the year than they did at the end, he said, Boston set the bar for us and we, we played them three times late in the year. And the first time, the first two times we played them, they literally manhandled us. And it was uh, – scores were tight. The first one was 3-2, and, and then they beat us here. And it, it was it was men amongst boys. And we knew if we were going to go anywhere when we made the playoffs or if we made the playoffs that we had to be as good as Boston. And it happened. We, we beat them 4 nothing. I think that gave us a little bit of confidence. Well, it gave us a lot of confidence. Um uh, <clears throat> but they they set a bar for us to be better, and ultimately, you know, we carried that through into this playoffs round. And um, we had a big thing about our team 
which when we were in trouble and, and people questioned how we played D, it was because we turned the puck over. And when you don't turn the puck over, usually good things happen. And with our team, they've made 100% buy-in not to turn it over. And so when you're not doing it, you're not feeling the other team's offense, you're always keeping them having to go 200 feet. And ultimately, that was the difference. And it was... Uh, we... We've also become a four-line team. You can't really sit here and say who's your fourth and who's your first. Uh, everybody's contributing in the, at their own skill set and what they need to do. And when you have that, usually good things happen. But like I, I'll be honest, some credit in the Boston Bruins for a lot of this because they made, it, made us a better hockey team by waxing us during the during the regular season. And uh, we tried to chase them, and we wanted to match them, and, and we did. Sometimes you need a, a team or a rival or someone in your, you know, your, your conference to push you. And you see this in other sports. Um, you know, the Bruins have been on top before, and, and uh, the Lightning have lost to them in the past, obviously, in, in the Eastern Conference and stuff. But they really were what the Lightning, you know, they, they had to get over the bar, as Cooper said, uh, in order to uh, in order to keep stay alive, at some point they had to they had to outplay the Boston Bruins and get get to their level. All right, so before we move forward here, um, let's just get back to Sunday's game and uh, you know the goal that essentially gave them the lead and and you know was the difference until the empty netter uh, was was just a beautiful power play uh, goal between J T Miller and, uh, and and Kucherov with uh, Chara just kind of spinning like a top. Um, that was a, a give and go and a give and go uh, before Miller uh, kind of roofed it there. It was, and, and there's several key things to this play. First of all, the Lightning's power play, especially their number one unit, you don't see them move around a lot. It's pretty much Hedman to Kucherov, back to Hedman to Stamkos, and occasionally Stamkos and Kucherov try to go back and forth, make a cross-ice mm-hmm. pass. And Miller and mm-hmm. Kalorn are basically there to clean up anything, and occasionally they get a pass or a loose puck. So... They start this power play, and Kalorn's not there. It's Braden Point. And Braden Point's now on the left side where Stamkos usually plays. So he's sitting out there on the hash marks on the left side. Stamkos is in the slot. Mm -hmm. And so this is a wholly different look. And so Kucherov and JT Miller start doing a give-and-go. And And Stamkos is in the slot waiting. And the last pass is Kucherov to Miller. But it looks like it could go to Stamkos. It could go to him, yeah. And, And you can see Schaller... And Riley Nash are both hedging on Stamkos. Mm-hmm. Which, so if two of your four penalty killers are taking one guy, they're, now you're playing four on two. <laughs> and Brayden points it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Way out. He's not even skating anywhere near. He's just sitting back because he knows what's coming. And you got a guy kind of hedging towards him because you can't completely leave him alone. And and JT Miller, a perfect shot. And I think Tuka Rash thought the pass was going to Stamkos. And it came to Miller, and he roofed it right over his short side so quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think Rash thought – I think everyone thought the pass – I thought it was going to Stamkos. 
I mean, he's mm-hmm. in the slot waiting for it. He's ready. It was a beautiful, if you haven't seen it yet, the give and go and give and go, and, and the decoys of Braden Point out there, who's normally not on that power play, and then Stamkos in the slot. It was, it was a, a play they said they've kind of kept in their back pocket for a while. And it was a perfect time to use it to take a 2-1 lead. And you love that about sports. You know, you see this and hear about it all the time in the Super Bowls with, you know, whether it's gadget plays, you know, the the, the pass to Nick Foles, the Philly special or whatever. Um, you know, you hear about that and you really, you know, you can't believe that that's actually happens. But it does happen. And I, I can remember you know, going back as far as like the Bucks beating Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game. They had played the Eagles earlier that year, and they they learned that you know if they had a certain formation, that certain guys were not going to be on the field. Some of the Eagles linebackers, and they had matchups in on some crossing routes, and that's the one they hit to Joe Juravicious for seventy yards that got them going and got got them the lead against the Eagles, and they never looked back. So um, this does happen, but it was it was almost like you know you mentioned you know sort of the. A uh, little bit of the basketball now. It was almost like a two-on-one in a short space. You know what I mean? Like the way that everybody was just kind of like you said, kind of hedging towards Stamkos a little bit. And um, it was Chara and you know watching Kucherov and J.T. Miller play two-on-one. Yeah, and it looked like you know? Boston. Boston. You know, it, this is nothing like they'd ever seen from the Lightning on tape on right. in the series throughout the season. That this was prepared. This, yeah, it caught him totally off guard. And JT Miller with a perfect mm-hmm. shot roofed it over his, his short side shoulder. What a moment! And it gave him a two one lead, and it turns out to be the series winner. What a moment! It was, it was great. It was just great. And uh, so you know, look, I mean, I let's talk about you know what's going to happen in, in, in this Washington and uh, and Penguin series. I don't know. I, I would imagine that Pittsburgh's going to be really hard to beat. Um, you know, that this game, this series is probably going seven games. My friends from Washington and D.C. will tell you there's no way that they're just teasing their fans. Well, Washington as a city, as a sports city, oh, they are 0-13 (laughs) in in finals clinching games. It's unbelievable. Whether it's the Redskins, the Wizards, the Nationals, or the Capitals. They're 0 for their last 13 in games that could get them to the final or get them to a, a conference. I'm sorry, not fi- conference final in whatever sport. 0 for 13. They're going to have, right. they're going to have, if, if they win tonight, there's obviously one, but they, they could have two shots here because they're up 3 to 2. They could be 0 and, for 15. Yeah. And, and the weird night. thing, and I mean, literally, like, I mean, these people absolutely believe that they're, you know, that they are cursed, that this is a jinx, that this is just a tease, and they will not at all believe that if they got to a game seven, um, I'm sure they're praying that they somehow eliminate the Penguins in six. Well, but. and Pittsburgh is their, that's their Achilles heel that, you know, it's, yes. it's Boston for the lightning. I mean, that's what Pittsburgh yes. is to the Capitals is the Pittsburgh always mm-hmm. eliminates the Capitals. Right. And we'll, we'll talk more about, you know, the eventual winner of that series and the matchups, but just as you sit here, you know, today, which, I mean, I got to believe that if the lightning, if you really, you know, gave them some, you know, sodium pentothal, whatever the truth serum is, and you said, you know, okay, who would you rather play? They'd have to say the Caps, right? They don't – they wouldn't really want to play Pittsburgh, would they? Well, I mean, look, to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. So someone's got to knock them out. And they've won nine series in a row now, yeah, well, Pittsburgh has. Let the so let the Caps do it. Well, <laughs> what I'm saying is, is but, but it's not the same Pittsburgh team that it was the last two years. 
they're they're okay. not as deep as they they were. I mean, they're a really good team. Don't get any anytime you've got Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby out there. Yeah, right. You're, you're going to be fine. But they're not as deep as they've been in the years past. Salary cap and attrition and everything. I mean, Chris Kunitz had to leave the team. He's on the Lightning now and others. Yep. So they're not as deep as they were. I think Matt Murray's the better goalie out of Murray and Holpe at this point. I mean, Holpe is not at the level he was a few years ago when he was a Vesna Trophy winner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he struggled some throughout the season and, and even sometimes in the playoffs. So, um, you know, may, maybe maybe you want Washington because of the goalie. Um, you know, but I, you know, Alex Ovechkin and all that scares you too. And, you know, you, so who knows? I mean, you know, the lightning today didn't want to answer that question, of course, and you're not going to, and, you know, quite frankly, you can't control it. So let's sit back and watch it. You know, what you really like is for them to play game seven into five overtimes. No doubt. And then the NHL scheduled them to start two days later in Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what the lightning will be pulling for, but we'll have, uh, you know, certainly a better idea after, uh, you know, after they play game six uh, as to what's going to happen. And, and then all this week, really, you, you know, you want to make sure you get back on this podcast because later in the week we're going to have the great Phil Esposito is going to join us and talk about this next round of the playoffs, the Eastern Conference Finals, no matter who it's against. And we're going to get Tom and, Jones and yes, on, too, to eat some crow. Before that, Tom Jones will be served a large helping if he has any more appetite for it at all. Boy, let me just say, again, uh, folks, I know it, we, we, we did this on radio all the time. We would try to tell people – um, you know that, you know you the you really, you really don't root for outcomes. I mean, you don't you don't root for be oh they don't be great if the Tampa team won. I mean that's not you kind of throw your fan card away a long time ago. You just have to because you couldn't you really couldn't do it. especially you know a columnist job um where, where you're calling balls and strikes. You know I always I always say this he's calling balls and strikes. He's not coaching third base, so you know he he doesn't have a, a rooting team. In it, but he, you know, Tom is, is we, anybody that follows his columns knows that he can be a contrarian and he'll, he, you know, he will zig when you think he's going to zag. And he's been, um, you know, fairly honest about the Lightning and, and I think for the most part, fairly praiseworthy this year. I mean, how could you not be um, with the job that Steve Eisenman and John Cooper and those guys have done? But he truly believed, and, and I think there was a lot of reason to believe going into this series that, that the Boston Bruins were the better team. And don't believe me, ask John Cooper. I mean, John Cooper himself said it. He said, now that the series is over, I can pretty much tell you, we knew they were better, period. They proved it, and we had to get to their level. We had to climb up and, 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 and rise our game because we were not going to beat these guys the way we were playing. They were better mm-hmm. every time they played us. So, you know, all Tom was doing was observing exactly what John Cooper was observing, and for all those people that thought, ah, nah, you know, the Lightning, you know, you were rooting against – no, he wasn't rooting against anybody. He was just merely predicting, uh, going out on a limb before the series started. You know, how many people, you know, like you said, called this series in five games? Nobody did that. Um, if you did, show, you know, show, me the, show me the tweet. I mean, show, show me the prediction. And, and then furthermore, show me your winning ticket from Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, the, you don't have to go to work on Monday because – you know, you're so smart and so smart, uh, you know, so sure of yourself that you mortgaged your house. And if you can show me the mortgage burning, then I can say, okay, well, then you got Tom on that one. But this guy puts it in print, his face is on it, and it's for everyone to see. And he stood by and he said, look, I was wrong. You know, I, and I think, I think even Pittsburgh's probably surprised. But John Cooper going in, I don't know, you know, again, if you'd have told him, hey, John, you know, 
your family at stake here. Who you, who you, I mean, I, I don't know what, what Cooper would, I mean, he has a lot of confidence in his team, but nobody went into this thinking that, you know, certainly that the lightning were going to win in five. So anyway, Tom Jones can defend himself and he will do so uh, with any luck on this show. Now, one more uh, point. We've gone 25 minutes plus in this podcast. Yes. And we have not mentioned anything about licking. <laughs> That's true. And I, I might want to keep it there, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's the story but, I want to touch. By the way, Marshan did not have a very good game five. No, he didn't. And I don't know if yeah. it's if it's embarrassment, if it's uh, you know, I he, don't think so. Uh, well, uh, you know, I, I think I think part of it was is he was scared to death. You to want do, to get close? I, enough? I think he was scared to do much <laughs> in this game. Not not <laughs> because, well, I think the embellishment penalty early when when Hedman. Uh, uh, tripped him or pushed him or interference, whatever right. they called on him. And then they called Marshan for interference, too. I think he felt he was a marked man that anything I do is going to get whistled. Was. And I, I, was. I think it. I think there was some of it in his head. I don't know that, but I didn't think he I didn't think he was in his impact. I thought Pasternak was fantastic tonight. Had lots of opportunities. I thought Bergeron was pretty good. But Marshan on that line, usually you notice him a lot more than you did tonight. And, and maybe it was the Lightning defending him even harder because maybe. of what happened. Uh, or, but I didn't yeah. think he had a very good game five. Well, he should be embarrassed. What the hell is that anyway? I'm not, I can't. I can't fathom. Well, First of all, at least the understand. third time. At least the third time. But I don't understand how the NHL, which is supposedly, you know, what they. This is the first time they've talked to him about this. Like you, pro- hey, you know, you probably shouldn't do lick other guys' faces in games. I mean, that's gross. Well, I think if it was a regular season, he would have been suspended. I know. But I think so they didn't want. To, they didn't want to suspend him for Game Five, an elimination game in, for Boston. I don't care. It's more I, embarrassing in the postseason. I'm not saying it's right. I'm watch. saying I think that's why. I think that's the onus. I'm sure that's why. I'm sure they didn't want to. They didn't want to put their hand on the scale that heavy. But nonetheless, I mean, geez, Louise. You know, somebody said, "Oh, is there a rule against it?" Well, uh, sh- does there have to be? Well, you, misconduct is pretty overarching, but it's there is a broad. there is a rule about spitting. And what this to me is the same thing or worse. Well, that's what the Lightning were saying after the game is it should be a five minute yeah. penalty and you're out of the match. That's what that's right. what spitting is. And and they had to institute that years ago when there was players spitting and they they made a rule for it. And why couldn't licking be considered spitting? It, it was a weird thing, but um, anyway, we don't. He doesn't have to worry made for about some great memes on the internet. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I love the dog collar. <laughs> you <laughs> know when you you take you take your dog to the vet. There was a the guy vet. that showed up today in one. He was, he was he down really? on the glass during warm-ups. He was wearing a, just a blank awesome. black shirt with some yellow stripes and had the dog collar that's on, awesome. and he had a handwritten Marchand on the back of it, and he was oh, taking pictures awesome. with everybody. He was down on the glass uh, before the game for warm-ups. It was funny. Yeah, not just your typical collar, but like the thing they put the vet puts mm-hmm. on there so yeah. the dog yeah. won't, yeah, won't can't lick, lick its wounds or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> or anybody else, <laughs> as the case may be. Uh, well, anyway, it's been an exciting series of the Lightning on to the Eastern Conference Finals, and have a little credit for Steve, Stevie Y there. Um, so it's the third time in four years, Steve, but you mentioned it's the fourth time in eight years, yeah, right? Vinick and Iserman have been running this team, Vinick owning Iserman running the team for eight years now, eight seasons, and they've wow. made it four times because the first one back in 2010-2011, they went to the Eastern Conference Final, lost to Boston, game seven, right. that one nothing game where one there was nothing, not one yeah. penalty called in the game. Yeah, because nobody committed one, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, and that was in Boston as well. But yeah, so a lot of credit for him. He is. Uh, but you know what? Where's your cup? Where's your cup, man? Where's yeah. it at? Wait about a month. Maybe it'll be here. <laughs> hey, they're only what eight games? They're halfway there. They're halfway. Eight wins. Eight wins there, and eight wins to go. Eight and two in so, this postseason. That's pretty good. 
Not too bad. Not too shabby at all. Let's talk about the Rays real quick. Uh, they lose to Toronto 2-1, to one, and uh, if you think that's breaking news, it's really not. Uh, Mark Tompkin, actually, uh, good timing for him and insight uh, in the Tampa Bay Times on Sunday had written a story about, you know, what does a one-run game cost? Well, it costs a lot if you're the Rays. Uh, they've uh, lost, I guess, 15 one-run games in their first 30. No, they played 15. And, or played 15, I'm yeah. sorry, yeah, in their first 30 games, and they were 5-10. and 10. They had the dime store record. So, you know, 5-10, and 10, goodness gracious, out of 15 one-run games – uh, now make that five and eleven. That uh, was already the, uh, I guess, the worst winning percentage uh, in one-run games in the American League over that span. But uh, so in this game, first of all, a couple couple bright spots. I mean, I think the bright spot is that Chris Archer pitched very very well. Gives go seven innings, gives up just the one run, and uh, you know, so you know, hats off to him because he came in with about a six ERA and was two and two. Uh, but they absolutely ran themselves out of this game, Steve. Um, you you got to watch if you have a chance to see the, the uh, highlights, or in this case, the lowlights. Malik Smith gets on base, still second, and uh, ends up at third and uh, decides. Well, first, Carlos Gomez gets thrown out trying to steal second in the inning. Well, yeah, that's how the inning, yeah, that's kind of how the inning began. But, I mean, with, with Smith at third base, something got in his head that he thought he could steal home with C.J. Crone at the plate. And Marco Estrada wasn't having any of it. And, I mean, when I say he was out, <laughs> he was out by, what, four feet, five it feet? It wasn't quite Wilson Ramos trying to score. <laughs> That's, yeah. But, but, but the other part of this, too, is Malik Smith was on third because Quattrero held him on a play he yes. possibly could have scored on on, on yeah. Gar- Gomez's single. So he was held this time by Quattrero. Right. And then, yeah, this steal of home, if you haven't seen it yet. And that's what happens when uh, when coaches screw up. Then players take matters into their own hands. It's like the old it's the old Marine like few good men, you know. Men take matters into we don't let men take matters into their own hands. So that's what happened. Quattrero, by the way, has had a couple of these, hasn't he? Already it's, this it's year, it's been a rough week or two for him. I think. Yeah, he's kind of like he's got kind of guys caught in between and guys thrown out by five feet and held guys up when he shouldn't. Um, he's had a little struggles here early in the season. But this was absolutely the wrong thing to do. So runs were at a premium, and then uh, and then they turned it over to Alex Colomay, who just a day earlier everybody thought you know uh, that he had he's come turned a corner, and you know and Ramos had said so. Uh, and then Colomay gives up a double to Pilar. Uh, I think he went to third on a ground out, and uh, and then and then he does something he hasn't done much. He uncorks a wild pitch. So the Rays are off uh, today, and they will start a series uh, against one of your former teams, Steve, the Atlanta Braves. They yeah, come the Atlanta to town. Braves come to town. They haven't been here in a while, but it's a two-game series, Tuesday and Wednesday night. They're in first place in the National League East, actually, which is a little surprising. They've been going yeah. through a rebuild. Um, most people thought maybe another year or so until they were really there, but uh, they've been playing some good baseball, although they just got uh, lost three in a row to the Giants over the weekend, who actually lit them up pretty good. Mm-hmm. And Evan Longoria milestone in that series, by the way. He had a career hit number fifteen hundred on Saturday night. Yeah, Longo's starting to heat up. He got he had that horrible start, and I think some of that has to do with just the pressure of going to a new team. And uh, really, the a lot of the Giants weren't hitting at the beginning of the year, but he's kind of turned around. I think I saw where he had he's hit, got like seven home runs already this year, or something like that. Yeah, he's done. I mean, um, after first about two weeks was uh, pretty bad, but he's been on fire yeah. ever since. Yeah, so good for him. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see if uh, you know. Once again, the the Rays keep. Keep flirting with 500, but they can't quite get there. Can't quite get over the hump. 
or to the hump, I guess is the case. That's maybe. the fourth time this year they had a chance to get back to 500 and, and didn't. Yes, sir. They haven't been 500 yes. since, uh, what, day two of the season. They started 1-0, and and then they lost three in a row That's to Boston right. after that. So That was a high water mark, and they've, they've been around it, but not quite there. So we'll see if they can get that straightened out. Hey, listen, we, uh, we're going to have a great week this week. We hope you join us Monday through Friday. Of course, we're going to have Tom Jones at some point, I'm sure, and uh, Phil Esposito will also join us to try to break down the Eastern Conference Finals, either against Washington or uh, the the Penguins. Um, we want to interact with you, and uh, <laughs> of late with Tom Jones's prediction, there has been no shortage of tweets, so keep those coming. Uh, maybe we'll read those this week, but uh, you can reach us at SportsDayTB, at SportsDayTB. You can reach me at NFL Stroud. Uh, or by email rstroud at tampabay.com or at Tom W. Jones if you're so inclined, <laughs> who's a frequent contributor to this podcast. He'll be happy that I told you where, where he lives uh, on Twitter. But we want you to uh, continue to rate and review this podcast, and Steve, where can they do that? Anywhere you get your podcast, whether it's iTunes or Google Play, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud. Uh, the problems with Stitcher have now been fixed. Uh, it was yes. an issue with Stitcher communicating with SoundCloud where we host them. So that's now fixed. So if you get your podcast through Stitcher, it's there. But any of those sources, you can either like the podcast or you can leave comments there, and that helps us out. Or you can always go to tampabay.com slash sports, and the latest episodes are there as well, and you can comment. So congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're on their way to the Eastern Conference Final. We'll have uh, lots to talk about that all week as well as the Rays. And uh, and the Bucks have a mini camp coming up this week, so we'll get into that. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about catching up with Josh Freeman, a guy that uh, is now a, a member of the Montreal Alouettes. I caught up with him in Vero Beach, and you'll hear from Josh and uh, just what's going on with him and what went wrong in Tampa Bay. He's, it's a fascinating uh, story and maybe a cautionary tale uh, for a quarterback that's uh, here right now, as a matter of fact. So um, Josh Freeman will uh, will be someone we'll discuss uh, on tomorrow's podcast. Anyway, we appreciate you listening. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times for Steve Versnick. Have a great Monday, everybody. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.